Welcome to Alive and Kickin' This Week in the 90s. Yes, we are back once again for another slice of 90s action. And on today's show, it's full of shocks as England surprise everybody in France at Le Tournoir. Cameroon completely shocked the world as they down champions Argentina in the opener to Italia 90. And Alan Shearer silences his critics with a goal on the opening day of Euro 96. All that and loads more to come, as per usual, on This Week in the 90s. This is Gary Stevens, and you're listening to Alive and Kicking, the 90s football podcast. Remember, keep it 90s. Of course, I couldn't do this without my two favourite people in the world. Well, two favourite when talking about 90s football anyway. Firstly, he is a journalist and a writer for mainly The Sportsman as well as a plethora of other outlets. I'm sure you'll be reading some of his World Cup-based articles all over the summer because I definitely will be. Firstly, welcome to the show, Matthew Christ. How are you doing, Matthew? Hello, mate. It's an absolute honour that you actually come to me first. Oh, you caught me out there. I know, I'm, I'm listening mixing to, it up. Nearly listening to... Usually listening to Joel going on about uh, Crystal Maze or The Voice, but <laughs> no, no. Uh, you caught caught me out. Oh, well, good mean, evening. You're both as good as each other, so I thought I'd mix it up. Um, but you mentioned uh, Joel, but Joel is in a little bit. He's in the doghouse with one of our listeners. He got called a Muppet this week on Twitter, but he's no Muppet. He's a friend of ours. Joel, working on the Crystal Maze at the moment. All the fans, please. How you doing, mate? Start the fans, please. Start will you the start fans, the fans. please. Yeah. Do they still say that? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the we've we've had a bit of a, we've got to use that exact line in some of our online stuff. Oh, there you go. Hashtag start the fans, please. That's a big hashtag. Yeah, yes. Are you okay after being called a muppet this week? Well, yeah, but probably deservedly so. You know, I didn't mean that all Liverpool fans suddenly became Manchester United fans. Who I was mocking was the glory supporters who went and followed. Liverpool in the 80s and Manchester United in the 90s, apart from that year that they followed Blackburn Rovers. That was my line. <laughs> well, it worked. It certainly worked. Oh, well, obviously, yeah, because yeah. I'm going around upsetting the people of Liverpool now, which is the last thing I need, really. No, you don't need that. Matthew's one of them, after all. You don't upset him. Yeah, uh, you can never upset me. I thought you did a very good job of um, qualifying what, out, you, what you pulling said. Pulling it out yeah. of the fire. A great yeah. save. A great save. So, yeah, well, there you know, if you ever want to moan at us on Twitter, we do reply and explain ourselves. So, there you go. I'm sure there's many times you wanted to moan at us. So, do please have a moan at AK90s. Um, your moans directed tonight will be the three subjects that we are talking about. Uh, and we're starting a little bit before. Actually, we're going back to last week, but I didn't want to talk about this as well as the Umbro Cup, which we talked about last week on the show. Download it if you haven't already. Um, we are going back to the 3rd of June, but it does exist until the 11th of June. So it, we are still this week in the 90s. It's Le Tournois. Yes, another pre-tournament tournament, I guess you could call it, um, involving England, Italy, France and Brazil once again, as they were a part of the Umbro Cup. This time it was the build to uh, France 98 the year following, so this was in the summer of 1997, and it's a tournament that England won! Yay! <laughs> it's the only bit of a trophy we've ever seen England lift above their heads. The, we'll talk about the trophy in a bit, because it looked like it was put together by somebody off Blue Peter, um, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, First thoughts then, Le Tournoir, Joe, what was your first thoughts when I mentioned that very French-sounding name of, of that tournament? Does it mean Le Tournament? Um, I think it means it literally means the tournament, doesn't it? The two, it's, well, it's actual, to give it its full title, it's Le Tournoir de France. There you go. 
uh, which is the tournament of France. Simple. I mean, that's you know, that's that, that's my D at French in GCSE. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really coming to the fore there. Um, I just remembered bizarrely that we won it. Yeah. And, and what a thing. And 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 mostly the one that the thing that popped out in my head. I think is, is there a three all between. Brazil and Italy, or yeah. Brazil and France, I can't remember. Brazil and Italy on the 8th of June. Yeah, but the the one I remember more than anything is basically the Ian Wright and Paul Scholes show. Yeah, an unusual combination, that one, isn't it? Because it's not one we saw very much for England. That was in the the uh, the second game, but England's first game uh, in Nantes on the uh, 4th mm. of June. My birthday, 1997. Um, yeah, two, oh, yeah. was it your birthday, Ash? It was my birthday yesterday, yes. I know, I did send you a text. You did send me a, a loving text, yes. Thank you very much yeah. for that, Joel. I'm still eating the uh, Victoria sponge that uh, I got given to me by my lovely wife. It was very nice, sir. So thank you for everyone. Thank you to everyone, actually. I got a lot of Twitter love um, for my birthday, so thank you to everyone for that. Um, but yeah, this was on my birthday, 97. Um, I must have been watching it somewhere. I think it was on Sky, because I remember the highlights I've seen have got the classic Sky of that era, uh, the, the little... Uh, the one. The big one. The big one. And what am I trying to say? The score in the top corner, the font that was used on that, that was very typical of that era very basic whereas now you've got all the nuts and bolts of the time and it's very sort of the font has changed and stuff but that was very much like aerial put it in the corner type 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 like that like that font you get on instagram that that old school typewriter font that's what i'm going on anyway nothing about the fonts but yeah the england italy game as you, as you mentioned it was ryan skulls they both scored paul skulls first goal for england um the ball for the goal that he set up for him right though that is one of the best assists i think i've seen somebody in an england show watching the, the game back earlier today um matthew do you remember there's this game as well hold on there's nothing wrong with a long ball when it's flared like that oh it's a beautiful ball yeah no kevin kevin de bruyne would be uh, very proud of that one i'm sure um, yeah, sorry, going to you, Matthew. What do, what do you remember about this game in particular? Well, uh, to be honest, again, to mid-90s, you know, I was dark times, yeah. But no, I obviously watched, watched some of it back. And you've got to think how, and I suppose we were very optimistic. No, it was a, a nothing tournament. But uh, you think if that was now, the, uh, the hullabaloo around the England team would be incredible, wouldn't it? But I don't but- seem to remember being that, that much. I know it's a different era. There wasn't social media and, and everything, but it, I don't remember it being uh, people being as confident as, as they probably should have been. Because really, if you think about it, in hindsight, you know, probably proven wrong. But um, you look at the players that England had, the performance they had at putting up at uh, Euro '96, and and you would have every every faith in thinking that England could go to. Uh, World Cup '98 and do something. And I mean, you've got you've got to look at it now. I think if we, if if this sort of thing was to happen now, it would be very half-assed and you'd be getting lots of players on the fringes and players would be dropping out because the clubs wouldn't let them. But if yeah. you look at some, some of the Brazilian names, you know, Taparel, Roberto Carlos, who I'm sure we're going to get to, uh, Romario, Leonardo, Ronaldo, you know, you're looking, the England team's got Beckham and Shearer and Gascoigne's there and, and, and then... The French have got Zidane and Deschamps and the man with the greatest name in the history of French football, Big Saint Lazare Azou. <laughs> I don't know, I'd argue Jean-Pierre Papin, but yeah, go and carry on. And, um, you know, there's Vieri and Del Piero and Inzaghi and everybody with Chelsea. So nobody sent what you could possibly say a duffer squad, with the exception of uh, Lombardo, who was in the Italy squad. <laughs> yeah, a post-Crystal Palace Atelier Lombardo, yeah. yeah um, you mean... You mentioned Roberto Carlos. Yes, we can't talk about Latumois without mentioning Roberto Carlos. This, the opening game to this was a, you know, a one-one draw. France, Brazil, probably wouldn't have gone down in history very much. Not remembered that if it weren't 
for the Brazil goal. Possibly the greatest free kick ever taken. It defies science. It defies physics. It defies everything a football should do. I don't think I've ever curled a football like that. Uh, in the free kick standing, Matthew, where does Roberto Carlos's Le Tumois classic stand? Well, it wasn't as good as Dennis Irwin's at Anfield in 93, <laughs> was it? In that three, I still think that's the greatest free kick I've ever seen. But I was going to say, was there a big big fuss about the ball that was used in this tournament? I mean, did they make a thing of it? Was it the ball that was used in France 98? Because you know now, and, and even yeah. back then, there was always this big stink about, oh, it's the ball, and it moves around a lot, and it swerves everywhere. And keep even to this day, you know, 20-odd years on, there's still, every time a World Cup comes around, they moan about the ball. But I wonder if there was a I big... I don't remember uh, it about this, at this time, because I think no. it's something that came later. I mean, there hasn't been much moaning about the current ball, the telled staff of Russia, but yeah, I don't know. I can't recall off the top of my head if there was... But if there game. wasn't, then uh, you'd think there would be for this but then yeah. I think that's doing uh, doing him a bit of an injustice because it was he obviously meant every minute of it but just by the you could tell just by the run up and the way he shaped and the way he hit the ball it was it was incredible and you couldn't really see it at the time could you you couldn't really see how it went in you just assumed that the keeper was deceived it was only when you saw that replay sort of from directly behind the free kick that you could just saw ex- exactly how much it swerved and uh, it, it's funny I don't seem to remember a lot of people he didn't really set the President, maybe he couldn't have. Other players couldn't have done it as well. But you didn't seem a lot of players try that that successfully, did you? You, you? Since then, we've had free kicks where everyone's tried it. You know, that one where Ronaldo, <clears throat> he he had that spell of sort of spinning, putting some top spin on yeah. the ball, and everyone tried to do it. And we've seen it down the years. There's always been these things that, that have come off, and people have have tried to copy. But with that free kick, I don't really recall many others being able to pull it off or certainly not succeeding so i suppose that just shows the measure of uh what a, what a, an art form it, it was really but uh and the fact we're still talking about it you just mentioned the name and everyone knows exactly what what you're going to talk about so uh, sheer power of that moment i think isn't it yes power thunder thighs as roberto carlos is known in those massive massive fires you ever hit a ball like that joe in your life Oh, I've never, I've never even bowled a bowled a ball like that. You know, like if I was out playing balls, like you know, aiming towards the jack. I've never done anything like that. When, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. When have you ever gone out and played balls? <laughs> I watched Please. that film. I watched that film about balls, starring Dennis Pennis, and I went and had a go once at Albert Park in Middlesbrough, where there's also a statue of Brian Clough, and uh, I was viewed askance by the old gents who were there so. oh, i take it back i take it back i was gonna yeah. say i had i have hit a few shots like this in my time but it was usually with one of those balls that you get from the petrol station for about 199 <laughs> where you you know you'd hit it one way and a gust of wind would take it and it would go completely the other so that's the only way there was, a toy, could... there was a toy in the 1980s called an impossible which i, think yeah, I remember it similar. Yeah. I think it's probably yeah. similar to a bit of a futsal, you know, futsal. Oh, ball, right, yeah. Which yeah. is weighted at one side to sort of teach you how to control more. And, um, yeah, that, I could probably curve a ball like that with an impossible, but that's just purely because it was weighted. Um, but, no, it's just, oh, just wonderful. I mean, the fact that I think it was just when really, really crazy television shots were coming into it, and there was a camera directly behind Roberto Carlos, and you saw the amount that it swerved sort of out of that right yeah but it started outside it started outside the post didn't mm, it and then yeah. it, it or it went outside the post and then came back in so uh, yeah yeah like, like joel says i don't think we'd ever really seen that that's obviously i'm sure players have swerved the ball before but it was just the fact that we could see the the severity of the way the ball moved that it really was a sort of a you know a moment that 
everyone took a breath from what I remember in the pub I was in when I was watching it very much so I'm just laughing at the thought of wind floaters Matthew I, I remember you could get those one of the petrol stations that were bright red bright blue bright yellow and they just had yeah yeah they'd shoot written fly away we, we called them flyaways. oh it's like yeah. it's like rolls all over again isn't it Joel <laughs> <laughs> go back and listen to the archive if you don't know what we mean um, so in, yeah as we said England won this tournament so the first game was that 2-0 win over Italy they then been, beat France with a goal from Alan Shearer, a, ter- uh, a spill from Fabian Barthez, a real, uh, a rare spill from Barthez there in Montpellier. Um, and then they finished off the uh, their group with a, a one 0 defeat to Brazil, uh, thanks to Romario. But because of the other games in those groups, they they won the tournament. They finished top of their group. It was also their first win over Italy for twenty years, and France's first home defeat since their Bulgaria defeat in nineteen ninety three, which is famous for David Ginola giving the ball away and them not qualifying for the nineteen ninety four World Cup. So there was some. There should have been some massive optimism coming out of this tournament for England. Um, the squad itself was made up pretty much, by and large, the squad that went to France 98. There are a couple of names. John Scowles makes another appearance, so he was still doing well at this point. He was in, he played in the Umbro Cup and played in Le Tournois, which is kind of a quirk of his England career. Um, uh, the, go on, Robert Lee's there. Rob Lee's there. He went to France 98. Rob Lee he was in the squad. Did he? That yeah. has slipped my mind. Yeah, the one that stands out for me, and I didn't even know he was ever involved in an England squad, was Lee Clark was part of the yeah. Latinoa squad. Yeah, I remember him him playing there. Yeah, well, you know, he's he's one of the few people that play for Newcastle and Sunderland, especially in the modern era. So you know, that would always stick in my craw. That mm. one never got a cap though. He wasn't capped here, and never actually got a cap for England, but was in the squad. Um, for that tournament uh, the other players that were in this squad that didn't go to France 98 Ian Wright Andy Cole Phil Neville played at wing back in the first game and everyone thought it was a revelation but he didn't make the final cut in 1998 and Stuart Pearce who was still knocking around age 35 at this point but he of course didn't make France 98 uh, final word then I mentioned the trophy there Joel as far as make yourself at home trophies go that was pretty pathetic wasn't it well you know they hadn't really made an effort on this no. thing had they you know there was plenty you know there must be some sheet metal, you know, wonderful craftsmen in France. You know, this is a country that prides itself on its artwork, on its culture, on its glamour. And yet we get presented with this bit of tap for winning. You know, it half makes you think they might have thrown it. Mm. Well, Alan Shearer's face as he's lifting it above his head. I mean, I know Alan Shearer is a miserable bastard at most, most of the times, but he didn't, <laughs> look, he didn't look like he was particularly happy in lifting this trophy. I mean, it was a, you know, it's like Bobby Moore. He was the first person to lift the trophy since Bobby Moore in 66. But no, not that trophy. It was a... Do you think it's still in a dusty cupboard somewhere in the <laughs> FA headquarters? And is it Soho Square or wherever they're based? Or is it oh, Wembley. No, partner? Wembley now. Wembley. Yeah, oh, it was a, yeah, it was a Wembley. Okay, but... It must be somewhere. It might, yeah, I wonder, so, yeah, I'd uh, love to know where the Le Tournois trophy is. That he, he does look, he does look particularly embarrassed to be yeah, lifting he it. Does. Up. It's just like, whereas it, it, in, in other pictures from the pitch, you know, Seaman looks chuffed a bit. Yeah, in that beautiful but, goalkeeper kit with two different blues. I quite liked that goalkeeper kit. Mm, but then it, yeah, it just looks terrible. But maybe it's just because Alan Shearer hasn't really had much practice lifting up trophies. <laughs> Oh, poor old Al. Chose the wrong path, didn't he? Uh, but that was a little while. Um, we'll be now, get, now we've got the pre-tournaments out of the way. We are going to get into tournament fever. Um, are you feeling tournament fever for this World Cup, guys? Are you, are you there yet, Joe? Are you feeling ready for the World Cup? No, I'm not there, but I'll probably, it, it'll probably come sometime, I would say, sort of uh, Thursday morning. 
I would have thought on the on the morning of the World Cup, I'll start to get a bit sort of giddy goose bumpy there. But no, not not at the minute. But I think it's it's going back to what we always say. You know, we we see these players week in week out. We we, we know most of them now. So again, you know, but it's still the World Cup. It's still interesting, and I think most of us don't expect England to do anything. So maybe we can go into it enjoying it. Yeah, Matthew, you got your feelers out. I know you've been doing some articles for the Sportsman. Are you are you in the zone yet? Um, yeah, but. Only because it's an excuse to do this kind of thing and chat about old World Cups and, and nostalgia, really. I mean, it, yeah, like Joel says, it doesn't really affect my life and like it did in years gone by. But it, it's the excuse to have football on two or three times a day, isn't it, for the first week or two and, and if nothing else. But I, what surprised me was the opening games on a Thursday, isn't it? Which yeah, is really, I, really I unusual. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't wasn't it last that. time? Wasn't it in, in Brazil? Wasn't it on a Thursday? I think because I seem to remember thinking the same thing in 2014. Thinking, God, this is a bit weird. And then possibly thinking, well, that goes to show how much I remember about recent World Cups, doesn't it? But uh, I, I think, think it was. Yeah. yeah, I think it's where they've expanded the uh, the amount of teams, isn't it? Because they want to do 48 for the next World Cup, which is just... going to be say it'll be starting on a Monday yeah. morning at about half past three. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, I don't know why they have more and more teams. It's uh, 32 is far more than enough already. Um, I was getting into the uh, fet tournament mood the other morning by uh, playing my. <laughs> two-year-old world in motion for the first time and she was quite liking it until we got to John Barnes's rap and she just looked at me and went no no really I know well, how dare she it's usually usually the bit that everybody likes I know I locked her in but, a cupboard after that because that's just that's not I might be having that although you don't need the world cup to come around to play that song really do you I mean you could play that you don't need any excuse to play that record really do you so. it's an amazing record Will Smith's got nothing you know John Barnes is the king of rap of the 90s that's all I'm going to say um, so that's talk, talk Will Smith is doing the song for this world it's Come terrible me. it's terrible I've not heard it I just thought it would be like Vile Vile West or oh if only <laughs> if only <laughs> It's not no, you didn't get the joke. You see, you, that, that was a joke about... Oh, as in the... Oh, that was political. Yeah, political Bile, bile west, I said. Oh, vile, right. yeah. Bile west. I did miss that. It was just not have I got news for you, so I missed that claim. I'm sorry. <laughs> Joe's been working on that all day. He, he has so, as well. Yeah, I wrote that down. In the green room in the crystal maze, he's been there with a pen, <laughs> yeah. pen and paper, scribbling away furiously. And it was lost in everybody. <laughs> I've got the lyric. I've got the. I've got Wild Wild West by Will Smith in my head now, and I sadly know all the lyrics. So I'm going to move on and talk about Argentina versus Cameroon, the big opener to Italia '90. Uh, we're going right back to 1990, uh, the first World Cup of the decade. This is probably one of the biggest shocks in World Cup history. Argentina going into it as the reigning champions with Diego Maradona, who was on top of the world at that point because he just helped Napoli uh, win Serie A. In their opening game, they faced. A very unknown Cameroon side. We were still living in an age where African teams were, you didn't see very much of them on TV and you didn't see very much African players in the top leagues in Europe. But Cameroon, who were down to nine men by the end of the game, <laughs> beat, the, beat Argentina, the reigning champions, 1-0, thanks to a goal from Oman Baik. Um, and, I mean, Matthew, what? I mean, this was one of the biggest shocks of all time, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, now, now we're talking about World Cup fever. Talking of World Cup fever, I remember... I was that excited about this game. I bunked off school to watch it, but the game oh. actually kicked off. It kicked off about five o'clock in the evening. <laughs> so as it turned out, I really didn't need to bunk off, but it just was an excuse. I was that. Did you get caught? No, I don't think so. No, I'm sure I had. Uh, my, my mother was very forgiving. She used to write me notes to go and watch United games in various <laughs> times. And I remember, I remember having a dentist appointment, which allowed me to go to watch United against Legia Warsaw. In 1991, so uh, no, I'm a very understanding parent. 
But um, yeah, so I remember the, the excitement of this game. And uh, what, once another thing that I was picking up on when I was thinking about this, was, I think it's France '98. But did it always used to be the way that the holders played in the opening game rather I than the hosts? Yeah, because I thought it was the hosts who were in. The first it's game. changed. Yeah. It, it's changed in latter days, hasn't it? I think the hosts. Because well, yeah. the, did the, um, correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't the reigning champions used to get a bye into the next World Cup? Wasn't that changed? In yes, the 2000s. That changed later on. You got to qualify. Yeah, now. yeah, because. Because 86, Italy kicked it off. 90, Argentina. 94, it was Germany, wasn't it? So it was... Um, 98 was Scotland, France, wasn't it? Uh, no, 98 was Scotland, right? Brazil. Scotland, Brazil, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Scotland, Brazil. So that was... So, yeah, so when did... It, yeah, so... I think it was in the mid-2000s it changed to the, so the winners would have to then qualify for the next tournament. Yeah. It seemed to sort of go under the radar. That yeah. yeah. E- either way, it was this was a... A classic and um like you say uh Cameroon went down to nine men purely because they just tried to completely boot Argentina off the pitch which they succeeded in doing really didn't they um they went down to 10 men when Massing yeah. uh, got sent off for uh, basically assaulting Claudio Canizia at the third attempt um great bit of great bit of footage on this is by the, the third time they try and side him down just a random football boot comes flying off at the end. I'm never sure whether it, I, assume, I think it's I assume it's Massings or it might be Canegis but they they basically threw themselves in at waist height and in fairness to him he didn't go down too easy like a lot of Argentinian players would have, could have been accused of doing but um, you know, eventually sighed him down got a red card and then only about six or seven minutes later um, took the lead thanks to a terrible bit of goalkeeping from Pompido um, but no no <laughs> 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 but uh, I remember being euphoric about this because obviously a lot of people hated Argentina still in 1990 because of what happened in 1986 and it was glorious to see Argentina get bat- booted off the park and um, and get beaten but it was a great result for Cameroon and forget they won the, they won that group Argentina finished mm. third in that group and Cameroon topped it and as dirty as Cameroon were in that first game they, they sort of evolved because when they played England in the latter stages they weren't like that they were a lot they were a lot better, weren't they? They were more of a sort of cultured team. I remember them decided to come out playing for that England game. They they were by far the better team. I remember thinking they were they would and should have won it. But um, but in this game, it was real old school sort of park football, wasn't it? They just absolutely absolutely went for it, and um, it paid off because because they got a, a shock win. But yeah, yeah, great moment and. Uh, memorable for a lot of reasons for me personally it's the first tackle I remember as well from Massing that he got booked for which I think he almost sort of beheads Diego Maradona with a kick as well it's it's akin to the uh, Nardo Zhong tackle on Iniesta in the what was that 2010 well being fair you know Maradona in 1982 hashtag keep it 80s he got sent (laughs) off for a nasty foul you know being a bad lad so you know you know we all know Maradona's no angel but oh. do you remember when, was it Massing when he got sent off? He almost did like a lap of honour. He was running off the pitch, taking the applause and had his hands in the air as though he was he'd done. A, he was happy with his day's work. And I suppose, in a way, in hindsight, it all worked out, didn't it? Because it, they did get the win. And then they got the, the second player was sent off in the 
in the dying minutes, wasn't he? In the eighty-nine minutes or ninety yeah, minutes. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was Massing. Massing was sent off in the dying minutes. It was, oh, it was uh, but uh, the the brother of the goal scorer. So you, the goal scorer. Was, Beek, yeah, yeah um, was mm. Kane Bayek. He got sent off in the sixty-first mm. minute. And there's a great quote from Oman Bayek. Actually, he said, "No one thought we could do anything here against Maradona, but we all knew what we could do." We hate it when European reporters ask us if we eat monkeys and have a witch doctor. We are real football players and we prove this tonight. So do, you think, do you think there was, Joel, there's still this stigma around African teams at that point and probably Argentina completely underestimated because I think there was very few African teams. I think Zaire qualified in the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, that was, just, that was what I was going to bring in, the Zaire team, you know, the famous free kick yeah. ridiculousness, you know, and, and I think that probably set back any perception of African football, you know, back about 100 million years because people just had, you know, it, less enlightened times than these, you know. And I think it certainly was its turning point for African football. And, and now, you know, people are just, people are into it. People, there's no easy games in international football, and especially at the World Cup, really. because And, you know, up there with massive upsets, this is one of them. Yeah, it's a big time, one of them. Um, Argentina manager called it the worst moment of his sporting career, which is which, which fair enough. The uh, the manager at the time, Carlos Bilbaldo, um, the president of Argentina even called him after the game to help and talk tactics. Such was the hurrah in Argentina of the result. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember? Obviously, what you, you remember, it, Ash? I assume you were, you were too young, were you? No, no. Right, this is yeah, my first yeah, World Cup. That. Yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head because I couldn't find a lot of extensive footage of this game but I don't remember Argentina absolutely laying siege you know no. so a lot of these a lot of these games that you know it's, it's one way traffic but I think I think Cameroon just completely did a number on them didn't they they just roughed them up so much and just didn't allow them any time on the ball they just I don't really remember a lot of a lot of goal action no there so. wasn't it wasn't like that to be honest though Argentina deserved to get beat because they've got Abel Balbo up front wearing a number three yeah, it's disgraceful. No excuse for it. No, that's why I was glad when Swansea went down. Now I'm going to have the Swansea fans on my case. But you can't be having like a, a forward wear a fullback's number. I'm afraid. No. Well, I, do you remember uh, Ozzy Ardiles wore number one, didn't he, in the '78 World Cup? Now that was because though, alphabetical. It was alphabetical. Yeah, alphabetical order, yeah. yeah, which is very, very, very bizarre as well. But yeah, you can't be having a forward wear number two or number three. It's absolutely outrageous, man. Yeah, there should be a yellow card offence before they even step onto the field, really, shouldn't oh, Well, I mean, and we, we haven't even got to uh, Ivan Zamorano. What, nine plus one? Yeah. Or eight plus one, was it? It was eight plus eight. one, wasn't it? Yeah, yes, he, wanted number, he, he wanted number nine, like when, when Ronaldo signed. Um, the, the, yeah. the, the thing I haven't mentioned while we're talking about kits as well, the Cameroon kit is probably one of the greatest World Cup kits. Classic bit of Adidas work, isn't it? Oh, it's, and, the, and the lion on the on the heart as well. It's a mass. I think they tried to reproduce that um, later on. I think maybe one of the two thousands World Cup. But this one, just the pure Adidas shine to it. I think I'm, I talked about it on our um, kit podcast with John Devlin a couple of episodes ago. But yeah, it's up there with my this and the England kit from that World Cup are absolutely works of art in my book. It was a it was a great kit. Do you remember later on they played Colombia? Was it in a group game? Was it the first knockout game? I played first Columbia. knockout. And that was a great clash, wasn't it? You had that bright yellow of, of Colombia and the, the, the green of Cameroon. And it was just, it was one of those images that you can still picture now, yeah, can't you? It's yeah. just, uh, 
where you got Roger, Roger Miller and uh, you know Renny Aguita and there's a lot of characters in that game wasn't there as well it was one of those it was a typical 90s football game that was a, a, a great World Cup we'll talk about World Cups very soon on the on the, this show we're going to do a comparison of all that's coming soon so keep out a watch out for that um, I love the colours of the Cameroon kit always have done because it's the flag isn't it they just it's just a beautiful kit I can't I can't stop looking at this uh, Roger Miller picture in front of me at the moment which is probably worrying at this time of night do you not do you not own one Ash I, it's one of those that I need. Every time I try and yeah. buy it, it's uh, it's worth a pretty penny on the on the market at the moment. Yeah. And because kits are very much in at the moment, that you'll see all the classic football shirts and the the, yeah. the, uh, the exhibitions and museums that are going around at the moment. But yeah, it's on my wish list. Um, maybe one, when I've got the office finished outside and I have all the kits on the wall, that is good. It's going to be one of them pride of place. <laughs> Don't tell the wife. Um, you mentioned the um, Brazil-Scotland game there actually Matthew I was going to mention that at the end but it was also this week in the 90s that that was the opening of France 98 as well um, a Tommy Boyd own goal settling that opening game in what was meant to be a bit of a whitewash for Scotland but they held their own until quite late on in that game and it was a Brazil team with Ronaldo and Carlos and Cafu and Ronaldinho it was, uh, it was not Scotland, had, Scotland had John Collins though they did and have John also, Collins. Also, you know, you can imagine that the Scottish were inspired by the bagpipe section of Dario G's uh, Carnival de Paris. Oh, bang on the music there. That was a great tournament song, that was. I've got the CD single somewhere. Dario G named after Dario Grady, of course. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely it is, yeah. True. Yeah, absolutely true. I did not know that. What there you go, mate. There you go. There's a new pop fact for I you. Did, yeah, I didn't even G. know they were English. Yeah, Dario, yeah, English band named after uh, named after Dario Grady of oh, Alexandra. I bloody love that fact. That's brilliant. And excuse me, Ronaldinho was not part of the '98 squad. That's a silly uh, mishap. I was thinking of the next World Cup. He wasn't in that brilliant Nike advert, which was fantastic at the time. Which I think Classic Football Shirts actually just literally tweeted out about an hour ago. So go on their feed and have a look at that. We'll post it at some point as well. Um, let's move on then uh, from 1990 and talk about another opening game this is the 8th of June 1996 the big build up the hype it was all over England had played two years of international friendlies but Terry Venables finally got his claws into a proper fixture the opener for Euro 96 England won Switzerland won not the opener we wanted Joe what do you remember about this of Euro 96 opening game well it was fine until the 83rd minute (laughs) you know um I can never, I could never pronounce his name then, and, and never pronounce it now. Turkimelaz, Turkimelaz, I think it is. Turkimelaz, yeah. yeah, it was. It actually, I mean, that's not being particularly true, is it? Saying that about it was a fine game up until the eighty-third minute. It wasn't a fine game up until the thirty-five minute. It was a nervous, sort of turgid, sloppy game. And again, you know, although you know, Alan Shearer. Um, scores after 13 goals and lots of criticism. It seems hard to believe now, but the amount of criticism Shearer was getting in in the press at that time for not scoring and how the system was wrong and how nothing, you know, the Christmas tree system was wrong and nothing was going to come together. And, and and you know, it's always nice to see the papers proven wrong. I suppose um, this is also the day I, I fell off a roof. You fell off a roof. I fell off a roof. Yeah. I was clowning about, dancing on a roof, celebrating, and um, I fell off. It was just like a shed roof, but it was still high enough. I broke my ankle and went to bed. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. What, were you celebra- what were you celebrating? The one who drew with Switzerland? Or... I think just the fact I'd been drinking a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fair enough. That's more understandable. Yeah. But, no, it was... Um, it, it was... It was... It, 
it was this again, all the pressure getting put on England, especially as the home nation. And it was a really sort of nervy, twitchy, turgid sort of performance. And you always thought the equaliser goal was coming. And he'd been tipped quite a lot to Kimalaz. I can't remember how to pronounce it. That's ridiculous. But uh, Kubilai, Kubi Turkey Malaz. Yeah, it's not yes, a great Swiss, name. Paul Merson. Swiss, Swiss, you, you pronounced it five different ways in the, the last <laughs> well, five I, attempts. If somebody, if somebody on Twitter wants to tell me how to pronounce yeah. it, I'm more than happy to, to do it again. But I remember he was sort of touted as the danger man before the game. And, and again, when you're going back to those days where you didn't really have that much knowledge of everybody else in world football, you're just like, oh, nobody Swiss is going to score against us. Of course not, of course not. And then it happens and... It's another one of them where you fear the worst for England, isn't it? Yeah, it was a, one of those bore draws that you expect from England because in tournaments as well and opening games, it, was, it wasn't the hurrah we were hoping for. Um, that Swiss team not only included Turkelmaz, who scored the penalty, which Stuart Pearce gave away after a handball, future Premier League stars Ramon Vega and Stefan Honshow. And of course, Stefan Chapuzat was always somebody that everyone thought was really good, but I don't really remember anything about him other than People thought he might be quite good at some point. He never really was. Uh, Matthew, was this part of your dark days or do you remember this build-up in no, the game? I remember, remember this very well because this was before I started working in London and drinking for a couple of years. But um, one thing I will say about Kubi Circle Maz is he was pretty well known to United fans because <laughs> there you go. There it is. He, had, he had featured in that Galatasaray team that famously knocked United out of the uh, European Cup in 93. So I think he was quite well known to... to some of us, even if we couldn't pronounce his name, and but um, I we actually I actually did pretty well in this tournament because Shearer hadn't scored in twenty one England uh, no twenty one months yeah thirteen games thirteen, 13 games, games yeah. thirteen games twenty one months and we just a group of us just had this idea you know we we just saw it in the stars that he was going to come good in this tournament we backed him at eighteen to one to be um, leading scorer. Uh, I think we all put a fiver on or a tenner on or whatever we had at the time. And, uh, of course, when he, when he whacked the ball into the net, as he often did in that first half, we thought, oh, happy days. But, um, it you must was have a, bought a house with those winnings in London, did you, Matthew? In, uh, <laughs> no, I think I could just about afford the shed that you fell off the roof. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's a lovely it's, ball from Ince, though, wasn't it? Lovely little slide ball from Ince. It's and great. Shira. It was a classic, classic sort of sheer... Of, Euro 96 goal, wasn't it? Great bit of play around the edge of the box and then just found himself in that space and just slid it into the into the net. But it was the, the classic curse of the opening game, wasn't it, this tournament? It was uh, a lot of expectation, but as so often is the case, didn't deliver. Um, I suppose you could say England were a bit unlucky. It was a penalty that, that pulled Switzerland back into it. But I do remember the press and the, the TV coverage afterwards being really scathing about yeah, it. They were. And, uh, um, which is always a bit unfair. I mean, how many times have we seen it before? I mean, uh, World Cup 90, it happened, didn't it? And everyone was absolutely disgusted. But people seem to think that was England's greatest ever tournament bar 96. So I think you can read too much into the opening game. But I was just happy that Shearer was off the mark and I and it went on to win, I don't know, what was it, 90 quid or something? But, uh, you yeah. know, less about, less about that. That's about me. And uh, who, are you, who, are you, who are you tipping to be the top scorer in this year's World Cup, Matthew? European Championships. I had Spain to win it, and David uh, Villa, David Villa, and uh, and Spain to win it, forty to one. So I'm trying to think who the scorer was now. I should know because he won me a few hundred quid. Uh, <laughs> but ended up going to play in MLS. Am I thinking of David Villa? David Villa. Uh, David Villa. Yeah. That's it. Um, so I, I've had a, I've had a few 
bits of luck down the I've years. Gone but, Spain. Uh, I've gone for Spain in the uh, in the World Cup. Well, I always used to my my fail safe bets were always Italy and Holland, even though they very rarely came in. But they were always those kind of teams that you you get a bit of value on and hope that they'd get to the semi finals and uh, and give you an opportunity to win your bet. But obviously this year it wasn't meant to be. So. Uh, I'll be looking for looking for a bit of value outside of those two countries. So um, I spoke maybe to, Spain. Um, Chris Sutton when I was at that BBC thing, and he he has a big thing for Uruguay. I don't know why. I don't know if he was just trying to be different, but he. He uh, just thinks yeah. he's, he's Homer Simpson laughing at the name of the country. That's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard Tim Vickery bigging up Colombia actually, oh, so okay. maybe I should. Back. He cow, said it. Would, cow, I think cow, he said something. Yeah. Said something like it could be their greatest. Yeah, this could be their greatest opportunity to win it and whatever. But. Um, yeah, you probably get a decent only price on that. Only ever been one South American team won it in Europe. They don't yeah. have the greatest. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously I'm not. Yeah, you don't expect them to win it, but if they're thirty-three to one or whatever, then who knows? Who Hearing knows? very good reports, Ash, and I don't know whether you were there today, but you haven't mentioned it. But um, apparently, the the press day with the England squad today was really wonderful, and all the journalists have come away glowing. And all the players were... Yeah, we had an invite and I couldn't get there, which I'm absolutely gutted about. So, yeah, you would have known I was there because I would have been all over social media, but I couldn't make Mm. it today. Um, But, yeah, no, a great idea. I think it was like a round-robin, 45-minute session. They all have five minutes each with the player, but it was a bit of a scrum from what I hear from someone like Harry Kane and Raheem Sterling. So it's kind of, if you're willing to wait for someone, you'd wait, or you just go and talk to, no offence, Nick Pope or whoever else was next is in line, but like a football version of speed dating is it like you much, just go yeah. you go and have a chat to the person that isn't very popular so you, i think that um nfl do don't they the, for the super yeah, bowl that's just what i was gonna say yeah they got it from the super bowl i think yeah but no good idea it's a great way to and also have that you know between the media and the the players it's a nice way to do it before a big tournament so yeah we're speaking far too long about keeping it 2018 um i, I don't know who's gonna win the world cup i i fancy i don't think there's anyone past germany to be honest even with Without like Leroy Sanai, which I thought was an amazing that he didn't get into the squad. Um, we were talking about Euro '96, I think, at one point. Um, Joe, I, I'm, I'm going to put this question to you because I think you're somebody who would notice things like this. The opening ceremonies to tournaments. Do you remember the Euro '96 opening ceremony before this game? Oh my goodness! Um, come on, give me some clues. It had, uh, Simply Red was one of them. <laughs> oh, that awful song! Right, we're in this together. That's the one. Yep. Yeah. Here we go. I'm. This, um, we're probably going to have an interesting story about this, considering who I blagged an interview with this week. Are we going to mention this? Uh, we'll, we'll mention that at the end. We'll trial that at the end, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but, um, yeah, he was he was very angry with three other gentlemen of English descent who had a song. And the video, have you ever seen the video for uh, Ruins? I have. I can't remember it off the top, but I remember it being, is it like it's in slow motion it's, and stuff? He's in a tunnel. He's in yes. a tunnel, and his dreads are very short, and he's wearing a silver suit, and then there's kind of... Lots of it, sort of the ghost of England past sort of thing. It's really, 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 really diabolical. I mean, I know that the, the, the rumour is Simply Red are called Simply Red because he's a United fan, um, although, you know, more likely the colour of his hair. But, um, yeah, that's a bad idea, putting Mick Hucknall in there with such an insipid piece of nonsense. As it the, was really insipid. So, yeah. I mean, that's the total word for it, isn't it? Yeah. Insipid, boring, soppy nonsense. 
Yeah, it was a yeah yeah. When we talk about Dario G earlier, it was nothing like that. We're in this together. Don't Google it, and I'm not going to tweet it because it was a terrible, terrible song. The opening ceremony also involved St George and the Dragon, some reenactment of that, which was rather terrible pantomime antics, and the, some legends were thrown out on the pitch as well. I didn't mention what happened in the Italian ninety opener because I hadn't really remembered this. I had to go back and watch it, but there were lots of ball footballs of different countries, lots of big hats. Looked like a futuristic kind of, not far off a Daft Funk video actually, really big hats and lots of women walking around and weird Italian folk music. It was a bit. And lots of flowers as well. Yes, lots of flowers. Yes, you're right there, Matthew. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember it well because I was bunking off school to watch it, you see. So, uh, yeah. How have you got a job? You never ever went to school. <laughs> well, that's a good question. Well, I did go to school. Education, you know, keeping 70s slash 80s. I went to school just, I got my priorities right when it came to. Uh, watching certain football games see, that are on. So you see, kids, don't go to school, then you end up driving cars for celebrities <laughs> and then talking to Elton Wellesby. What a life. <laughs> Seems good to me. Driving to go to car. Either and have on the crystal maze. So there you go. Life, life is good. Life is good. Yeah. See? Listen to don't us. Listen to them. You'll end up in a kitchen on a Thursday, on a Wednesday, what day? I don't even know what day it is, on a Tuesday night talking about 90s football. So, yeah. <laughs> what's wrong with that? That's that's the best thing they can do. You were too busy do. hanging around Bert. I was I was around Burt's, yeah, good old Burt. Somebody tweeted me, they thought they'd found Frank's in Swingate Lane, but they, it's not there anymore, so I had to disappoint them because it's now a Londis or something. So he did oh. put this picture of this. Oh, Frank Frank took the money, did he, and uh, sold up to oh, Londis? I think he was long gone by that point. I think it was oh, Frank yeah. Jr. or the something. Fam- like the family that. took the corporate pound. And they did yeah. indeed, yeah, poor old. Uh, he was a miserable gear, that's what he deserved. Um, go <laughs> He, he did, he did. Anyone yeah. who, who Frank's family listening, I apologise, you know what I mean. That's um, not good enough for Frank, says <laughs> podcast He's up there with Pat Phelan from Corrie, trust me. Um, yeah. keep, keeping it 2018 again. Um, I was gonna, what was I going to say mention about Alan Shearer? The, the thing that I always think of when I think of Alan Shearer's goal record going into this is the scene from My Summer with Des, which was uh, two years later, a, doc, a, a film that was on BBC, which is one of my favourite things in the 90s, and Neil Morrissey is worried about uh, Alan Shearer scoring in one of the scenes and then some random neighbour opens his window and says, don't worry, form is temporary, class is permanent. And that's the first well, time. I, I, hope that ne- I hope that neighbour had a tenor on him at 16 to 1. I think it was you, one of your mates. Yeah. <laughs> it's the that same line, guy that told that me. That line, form is temporary, class is permanent, is exactly what a friend of mine said upon meeting Michaela Strachan. <laughs> oh. How, how, what sort of era did he meet her in then? About four years ago. Oh, yeah, fair enough, yeah. Well, and I said, how, how was Michaela? And it was actually on Sunday brunch and I had the week off and it was like, why is that? I said, how was Michaela? And he just sent me back. Uh, form is temporary, class is permanent. That's, that's, like, oh, that's very good. My, my dad used to love Michaela Strecker when we used to watch the um, the Really Wild show. I saw Chris Packham on TV the other day and I couldn't believe that he was still doing things in this, in the modern era. Not oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still very busy doing spring watch and things like that. His sons that dyed blonde hair, but yeah, I was like Chris Packham. Brilliant. They'll be finding the guys of How To soon as well. What was that? Gaz How, whatever his name was. He was Gaz 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 Top. Gaz Top. Yeah, that was his name. Fred yeah. Dynett, who was a, a star of uh, Southern Regional Television. Yes, he was. Yes, indeed. Good old Fred. Dyett. Is he still alive? I think so. Yeah. He's, he's still alive. He does lots of crime things about. Oh, does he? Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's still alive. Yeah, he oh. does lots of crime things about. He's a like, big, big Portsmouth fan, wasn't he? Yeah, big Portsmouth fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. How to and Gambit. There you go. There's a little known quiz show of the 1980s. We're oh. going all over the place. We are. We are. We are very much all over the place. Yeah, don't really remember Gambit. Um, that's finished off with your nights. Anything more to say on this uh, opener, Joel? 
Uh, what the Euro '96 opener? Yeah, just, <laughs> just fa- falling off the shed. You know, I'm, I'm very traumatized about yeah. that. I think you should be. You know, yeah. just too much hooch and white lightning or whatever. I was really <laughs> drinking. I was old enough to know better. Really, 19. But yeah, fell off the roof and uh, didn't wake up till the next morning, and then had to go to hospital with a busted ankle. So, did you miss the whole game because of that? No, it was after the game. I, I, was was I, I landed as well because then, bad. We, well, it's lucky because we were sitting out the back, and we 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 hooked up a telly just next to the shed. So we were watching it outside. So it was a glorious sunny day. At least it was in the northeast. And then we just we took all the telly in and everything and brought the music system out. Oz was something like a massive, um, you know, like a boombox ghetto blaster type of thing. And then we decided to get up on the shed roof and start dancing. And then I got up on a bit that was slate and not corrugated iron. So I started to dance like, you know, drunk and fell down. And, and my ankle went directly onto this boombox, smashed that a bit. And I sort of passed out and woke up. I think it was about 14 hours later I woke up. What, a, what an insight we've had into your life tonight. You playing crown green balls and then <laughs> yeah. dancing on a oh, outbuilding. I'm, I'm a man of extremes. That really sums yeah. up the summer of 96, though, doesn't it? Getting drunk on a boombox. I mean, that was yeah. that was fun. Um, on hooch on hooch, hooch as well yeah. if you want to listen to us talk about euro 96 we did two pods on euro 96 a couple of years ago now but we did really much exhaust that beautiful beautiful summer of 1996 um it's been a beautiful beautiful evening talking to joel and matthew as per apart usual from me apart from me coughing all over the place yeah you missed that that'll be edited out but yeah we nearly we nearly lost joel at the beginning of the night just because he was uh, he was coughing all over the place but he survived he's like he survived the shed he survived the coughing fit as well so that means i'll he... take more than a shed and a coughing fit to get rid of me <laughs> and it means you can get in touch with him on social media and where would that be mr young that would be at joel baby Herc. uh it's all uh, there's nothing i don't know what we're doing at the minute it'll all just turn into football mania from next week anyway it will so that's all right. and it's always football mania on your twitter feed as well isn't it matthew where can people find you yeah um plenty of retro world cup articles coming up over the next few weeks as Yay! you'd expect um and you can read them if you follow me at matthew j christ He's very good, you know. He's very good. He is good. I'll, I'll stop it. It's a good stop old it. read. I do. Have I, you been? Have you, have you been on the hooch again? <laughs> I'm just feeling flirty. It's, oh, it's, it's that time <laughs> of night, people. It's that time of night. It's talking to feeling flirty, Mister Young. Um, that we yeah. mentioned it a minute ago. We've got a special interview coming up on Alive and Kicking that you're going to do for us. Tell the listeners who is coming soon to Alive and Kicking. So, yeah, we just kind of subtly hinted to him. But uh, David Baddiel is going to come on, finally. For a minute there, I thought you were going to say it was Mick Hucknall. (laughs) (laughs) Simply red, red. No, no, no. Um, Basically, David Baddiel owed me a favour. This is so peculiar. We'll probably talk about this on the thing. But if you've been to see My Family, Not the Musical, which is an absolutely fabulous stand-up show of his... uh, I feature in it in a really peculiar way, but we'll talk about it on, on the thing, I'm sure, once we get to the end, because we do want to talk about all Mr. Vidal's memories of, obviously, being a Chelsea fan in the 1990s, yeah. I think, as well, which is going to be quite interesting, because that's a massive change for them, and everything building up to Euro 96 and France 98, you know, where it got re-released again. Mm-hmm. Indeed, yeah, Free Lions 98, remember it well, not as good 
as the original but I've got the CD single somewhere buried in my office as well as the Euro 96 version I have to get them out at some point and, and stick them on Twitter but yeah that is coming soon here on a live and kicking Joel meets David Baddiel we'll do it like a tournament special as well so we get a real good interview out of David and get all those memories as Joel mentioned uh, another tournament special that's coming your way hopefully should drop by next week before the actual 2018 World Cup kicks off is we'll be discussing and debating what was the best World Cup from the 1990s so Italia 90 USA 94 and France 98 all be discussed and dissected by the AK 90s team coming soon to your device so look out for that but until then it remains to say that I've been Ash Rose this has been Alive and Kicking and until next time keep it 90s I'm not